I relapse, you're a shrink, right? I relapse. Relapse is a part of recovery, isn't it? Please. I'll let you in on a little trade secret. That AA stuff is total bullshit. All Chris wants is to know that his father loves him. Like every other kid. And you betray him over and over and over again. Because you like to get high. You could give a fuck about your son. I know you, Mark. We've met a thousand times. Why did you really come back? I love my son. I want to get better. I want my family back. Please. Hello, listening people. Hello. It's me, Ryan, here with my dear, dear friend, who's also a podcasting co-host, Bartek. How are you going, Bartek? And I'm Bartek. <laughs> you are always going to do some weird little thing when it comes to this introduction, aren't you? <laughs> weird little thing, the thing that I always say. <laughs> yeah, but it's always, but it is weird when it's no longer needed in the context of a natural flow of conversation. And you're listening to exactly. Here we Polish go. Presents Here we go. Unappreciated Masterpieces. Oh, there we are. <laughs> After 300 plus episodes, it's down to a fine routine. And it's up to our spooky month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about if I should have left this for Spooky Month, but then I was just like, hey, you know, I want to watch it. So. I think I think I picked something like a month or two ago that I was like, maybe I should have waited. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Poultry Geist. I think it so, might have been Poultry Geist, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we are Spin Polish Icony because we're always spitting and we both happen to be Polish and we are doing our show Pictures Pow Wow, in which we talk about a movie that was recommended by one of us or even you the listening people you can recommend movies in fact the next movie we are going to be discussing after this will be one of your recommendations so get on to it people hit us up on social medias or email to give us films to put on the list that we can cover remember when you listen to the end of this episode and you hear what movie is coming in the next episode you have to own that recommendation that's yours now doesn't matter who specifically recommended it you own it. It's yours. You own Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you do. Which, that's a movie that we've done, not just a bunch of S's, just to let anyone mm-hmm. who doesn't know know. So, I recommended the movie that we are doing today called Bloodline from 2018, if I'm not mistaken. That's That's correct. Starring Sean William Scott. Mm-hmm. If that if that is his correct ordering of the name, I'm not getting it all mixed up there. It's not actually William Sean Scott or some bullshit like that. Uh, so this is a horror movie, a thriller, a slashing, a slasher, slasher film, I guess, in a in a way of speaking, a serial killer film. So if you haven't seen the movie, I'll give you a quick rundown and then tell you to piss off and watch it for yourself because we are going to be talking about it in detail, but... Uh, the premise is uh, Sean William Scott, Mr. Funny Man himself, takes a as an actor, takes a dramatic turn in this horror film in which he plays a social worker who takes it upon himself to uh, improve the lives of he, his clients through he violent becomes, means. He becomes a daddy very early on in oh, the yes. film, and you know he's all he's. In a, in a different sort of way to tradition, uh, a very family-oriented man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a family man, yes. as, as they say in Dexter. 
which is something that this relates to a lot. Okay. Uh, so that is it, people. Go away now. Go away now. We are going to be talking about <laughs> that's a reference bloodline. to a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's me referencing me saying go away now. Uh, oh, I'm the one that said uh, go away now, bud. A <laughs> uh, bloodline history relationship with this not too complicated for myself. When it came out, I heard some buzz about it. I saw an interview or two with Sean William Scott talking about preparing to play a serial killer. That piqued my interest. I saw, I think, an interview with him on Conan O'Brien's show. I watched a review at the time of it coming out. And it just kind of lingered in the back of my brain going, oh, that sounds like something you could watch, right? And that sounds interesting. I always, uh, you know, as a person, I'm always keen on seeing an actor who is known for one specific type of thing, whether it be uh, a persona or a genre, specifically comedy, turning one, you know, doing a 180 degree and just pivoting elsewhere. And I'm always rooting for actors to do that. And Sean William Scott, as mentioned on this podcast before, is an actor I like quite a lot. I've enjoyed his performances over the years, even though I didn't enjoy him as much in Dude, Where's My Car? I do like him. So it was also, that was the draw, draw, it's a stunt casting movie. Do you want to see Stifler kill people? And I did. So I've had it in my watch list. I've had it just sitting there waiting to go. And I just thought, ah, I'm in the mood to watch it now. Let's do it on the podcast. Yeah, you should that's put, it. You should put in a trilogy with The Guest and The Nightingale. Oh, yeah? For films with actors stepping out of their comfort zones. You're or, right. Yeah. You're right. You, you got it. And Paul Giamatti in Big Fat Liar, in which he stepped out of his comfort zone of being an Oscar-nominated actor <laughs> to being a Razzie-nominated actor. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> I was just thinking, because this film came out in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, Bloodline. This film is younger than our uh, episode on uh, Dukes of Hazard. Oh, Dukes of Hazard. Yes. There Which he was in, and it was like, oh. Sean wow. William Scott, yes. He hadn't yes. yet done Bloodline when we were talking about that movie. That's true. That's very. He had done American Reunion, the American Pie Reunion movie that yes. one no of the one two- talks about. One of the two American Pie films I've seen. That and American Pie? No. One of the spin offs that Stiffler Band wasn't Camp. even in. Bandcamp. I think it was called Beta House. Is it, is I'm the, so sorry. Is that one of the bad ones? I mean, any after American Pie is the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, I say. Hey, in American Reunion, I really like the reunion scene where it was like, oh, all these characters you remember, and I didn't know any of them. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you, Bloodline, talk to me. What's your history? What did you What did you go in with? Uh, I hadn't heard of it when you recommended it. I think that I might have made that known last episode. I can't remember, but I trust myself. Um, this isn't the yeah, Netflix was... TV series Bloodline either, people, which you had heard of because I mentioned it like three episodes ago. No, yeah, three years ago, even. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a memorable one you've talked about. Uh, and certainly not a Netflix thing because I couldn't find it on any streaming services. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film really does feel kind of under the radar. It's a Blumhouse movie, though. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Not I, small fish. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. I think when I was looking up where to find it, uh, I might have glanced at the first half of a brief synopsis that said mm. basically that he was like a family man mm. who would do anything for his wife and kid, and that was it. So I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm walking in with. So I didn't know anything. So when the film begins with like a nurse walking through a hallway, uh, getting undressed and having a shower, I'm like, 
am I watching the right film? Because the spot that I was uh, watching it on, um, it had a list of actors, but it didn't mention Sean William Scott at all. So I'm uh-huh. like, oh no, is this is this another The Covenant situation? <laughs> am I watching the wrong film? But then I looked up you know, who the director of the thing I'm watching is, who the director of uh-huh. the film I know is. And I'm like, okay, it's the same. Did you remember I told you it was a horror film? Yes. Okay. So the nurse all alone at night walking through and having a shower scene didn't make you comforted going, oh, it's a horror film. Well, that's not enough for me because, again, the lead, the lead actor wasn't written there. So right. Like, yeah. no, I never look at those things. So then the film proceeded to go along mm-hmm. and what did you think? Let's start with you, Ryan. What did you oh, think? Oh, Bartek <laughs> doesn't want to say that he hated the movie. You know what I thought of? Hmm? When I finished the film, many people make comparisons to the TV series Dexter, in which the TV series Dexter is about a uh, creep serial killer whose whole thing is i'm not a freak because i kill other serial killers that's how i'm good and i work for the police i'm i'm just a criminologist guy i'm good and he's trying to pretend to be a normal person but he's a psychopath so he's kind of incapable of doing that and many people draw comparisons to this and even in that show there is this great it's probably when the show stops being good John Lithgow plays one of the big bads of the season, and his whole thing is, I'm a family man. Like, he has a family, and he is also a serial killer. But he's all justified because he's a family man. I'm doing it for my family. And people draw comparisons to Bloodline with that, and I get it. But I couldn't help but feel that this was Nicholas Winding Refn territory, in which it's neon lighting, very slow, atmospheric, Minimal dialogue, synthy score, brooding antagonist with gloves on. Remind me of Drive in some portions, especially because he drives a lot. Mm-hmm. That weird balancing act of taking the premise at face value, taking the premise as a silly B-movie, gaudy thing, taking the premise as a dark comedy. That's where I'm at after watching this. I am a fan of the film, but it is definitely one that I'm a fan of because it isn't the greatest. I look at this and I go, ah, man, that's great, that's great, that's great, this is really good. This could be better, though. This section here, this section there, I would have punched this up, I would have liked this to be improved upon. So it is a movie that I'm drawn to, because it has enough elements that work. It has enough nuances and subtleties. The performances are consistently pretty pretty great. It has some great intense scenes as well as great comedic scenes. But also a part of what draws me to it is it doesn't quite work. It doesn't all quite come together. But so I that- see the puzzle pieces there and I just want to grab them and go, here, put them here. That's pretty similar to what we were saying a couple of episodes ago. I think it might have been Bogus Journey, where it was like, mm. it's a film that we like, but we realize it's not perfect, but that's mm. kind of part of the charm of it. Yes. Yeah, because I feel very similarly. I had a really good time with it, um, but I could see that like, oh, yeah, it is a bit weak here. I can see why 
you know, it just had mixed reception based on what I was looking up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I watched it at night. Um, Same. Yeah, I got into the mood of it. Um, I was interested the whole way through. There were some, you know, little twists and turns there that I was like, oh yeah, I could have used a bit more of that. Uh, maybe a bit more with the mum. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a bit more of cause the third person that he kills brings up a whole like you know list of things list of things it's like oh you could have explored that a bit more and then after that it kind of becomes a film of you know just trying to evade getting caught mm-hmm. like the film begins uh very strongly especially mm. in terms of like the the violence and the uh, explicit nature of some of the things we see it kind of practical remind- effects practical effects it kind of reminded me of um when we did Killing of a Sacred Deer, that film opened on like a throat surgery or something like that. Yeah. In this, we see you know a a, a birth being given. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That was that was a lot. Of so a lot. I was kind of that kind of put me in the uh, not the mood, but like the it set the tone. It set the tone of an expectation of like okay, we're going to see a bit more like this, and definitely mm-hmm. in terms of like the violence, it's very quick and brutal. Brutal. Yeah. And. Uh, stylized as well, uh, especially with like them holding up the knife and it has reflections of the people perfectly with like that shine on the tip of the knife, like mm. that type of thing. Very Italian horror. Yeah, and then in Jalos, the- <laughs> and-, and then in the next shot, which is a bit further back, there's no light on it at all. <laughs> yeah, because now it doesn't need to be that dramatic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating because I found myself liking the second half of the movie a bit more than the first half. I actually was happy with the minimal we got of the mother. It was a classic case of the movie saying, here's some information about this guy's past and his relationship with his mother. You fill it out. And I filled it out the way that I think the movie may have wanted me to, but I was satisfied with that. What I would what I crave is actually a lot more built up in the first half. So I would have loved to see more of a, and I can't say genuine in the real sense of it, but a semi-genuine dynamic and relationship with each one of the kids. Because there comes a point in which... One of them. One of them in particular. But, but no, no, there's even the, the other kid too who's like sad that his dad has disappeared and then sad that he's dead. There is that dramatic meat that is wanting to be bit in here that they do try, but they just didn't put enough at the beginning of he thinks he's doing right by these kids, but in fact he's doing wrong by them. He is taking something away from them, but he thinks that's a good thing. And there's so much dramatic value to be played with there. But since the kids at the beginning aren't really developed themselves, they come across as just objects in the script. And so when we have dramatic scenes with them later on, they rung they rung a little hollow for me because they never felt real. Mm. Yet that think about it, if the film earlier set up more of a se- semi-genuine rapport with these characters, the emotional weight of it all would have been a lot better. And I say semi-genuine because the film does clearly define he is a psycho. He he can't have genuine love and connection with others Mm. but as an audience i would have liked to have felt that and then have the dramatic 
irony and weight be played with the fact of he's basically playing God with these children and basically being a parentalist figure in their lives, and yet he is being he's it's hypocritical yeah. and making long lasting damage that he will never see because he's only seeing them in this one small prism of their life. He's seeing them as like exactly the same as his situation. Yeah, yeah that too. He's yeah. projecting his own warped perception of his like childhood my, onto them. My father was awful. You're having problems with your father. Therefore, you know, mm. getting rid of your father will help you in the way that I think it helped me. Um, I agree with you because when we first introduced to um, the kids, um, it's in this montage of like, yes. he's talking to them. Bell goes, they leave. Then he's talking to the next one. Bell goes, they leave. And it came across to me more like these are just random kids. Like, I didn't mm. realize that there were only, like, three in particular. Yeah. Because, like, earlier when I said, like, oh, that one in particular, what I was saying was, like, oh, that one kind of gets most of the attention mm. um, because he's the one who's, like, the most well-off. Yeah. Um, He's got the most, you know, re- the most relationship with this guy, you know, like, friendly. Uh, they call each other. They they he actually supports him. He has the kid has benefited off of the help of the main character the most. Yeah. So the rapport is built up there. While yeah. the other two characters, the other two kids, they aren't getting anything out of him as a yeah. as a, I as didn't, a resource. Yeah, I didn't really you know factor in the fact that like oh we're only seeing three kids, mm. and I didn't really focus on those other two until you know we had the scene of. The, the other guy who's like the oldest brother was like, mm-hmm. I'm okay if he hits me, but he hit my little brother or something mm-hmm. like that. It was only at that point that I started really like, you know, cementing, okay, this is a character here who I'm meant to mm-hmm. know. And then he goes to kill his dad and we see like the uh, after effect of that later on. And with the girl who she didn't really speak all that no. much at all. She did have a great ending though. Yeah. The, the, when she gave the smile, that was like, mm-hmm. a, oh, okay, I'm going to remember this, but not so much everything else about you. The other one, yeah, uh, Chris, I think his name was, mm. he's kind of the more central figure of the kids. Any kind of, yeah. Yes. It was a stylistic choice in a film that had very many of them that I think shot it in the foot because stylistically it's very, uh, quick cutting and flashing and i think it communicates the wrong point that montage see the montage that they do display to us communicated this point to me and i think to you as well that it's showing us uh, a day in the life of his work yes, and you could also 100%. misconstrue that as him being him and all the students being disinterested in this relationship where we've seen in many movies to demonstrate a a, a lead character is uh, disengaged from their job, whether it be something as noble as a social worker or psychologist or whatever, or nurse or whatever, you have a quick cutting of their life and them just kind of going through the motions. And that's what it displayed to me. 100%. Until uh, the next series of these sessions in which... He finally got like drawn into this kid's abusive household and decided that he was going to take care of it. And that's the thing where it's like it's a tricky thing. I don't know if it, that stylistic editing choice was meant to communicate that, and I don't think it is. I think it's just the film trying to quickly establish the three kids that he takes care of and how he will sort out their lives. But it communicated a point to me that I don't think was helpful in the long run of the film. Uh, but you could make an argument, though, right, that 
he doesn't actually care about these kids. He cares about himself. He's a selfish person. And so him being actually piqued in interest towards one of these kids because they have a thing that allows him to do what he loves to do, which is to look after himself, which is to kill someone. There's a point to be made there. What do you think about that? I Yeah, I agree with most of that. Um, I think there is a thing to be said of, um, to, to even further reinforce the point, like the room is very dark and kind of cramped looking, so it's, it's another thing of like, oh yeah, day in his life, he's disinterested and also his workplace, you know, kind of reflects his mm-hmm. personality. Um, and also when he's done with the sessions, like he sits behind the desks and like listens to something. It's like, oh, this is something that he's actually interested in. Mm-hmm. That was another thing that I like, love that. Know, that was yeah. Cool. That was getting in the way of it. Like, you know, I have to talk to these kids. Um, but to kind of go against it, um, there, at least on his end in the interviews, he did seem to have some level of investment, you know, like the duty of care, like, look, I have to be doing these kind of things. There is a level of care there. And like the fact that they're not, you know, matching it, uh, mm-hmm. does also lead to another thing of, uh, you know, th- there is something with this guy. Like we, at this point, we already, uh, know or at least yeah. think that he's killed someone so we know that there is a darker element to this character this isn't going to be a good guy well that's a thing too sean william scott's performance i, I we, ha- well, we, we will get into it but just to briefly touch upon it he has such this um looking through other people gaze that i couldn't tell at the beginning of this movie if he actually did care mm. about these kids so when we're going through this montage I'm thinking, oh, this guy is disengaged with the, like, so I don't think of his relationship with his kids in any genuine sense. But then the movie plays out the way it does. Uh, but yeah, to me, just because of his coldness of his performance, I just don't, like, when I was getting into the first half of the movie, I didn't really get a sense that he genuinely was good. Like, he's not good at his job, of course, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> genuinely was invested in it. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think he was at 0%. That's basically mm, it. Yeah, no, no, no. By the end of the movie, I agree. 1% is still By the know, end of the zero. movie, I agree. But at the beginning, when we have this, like, you know, we are getting accustomed to the tone of the movie, the setting, the environment, the dynamics. When we're in that, uh, in, you know, in the in, in the uh, induction period of the movie, you don't know exactly the lay of the land. So when yeah. I saw this quick fire montage, that's the, what it communicated. Now I don't think I guess... it's supposed to, but that's what it communicated. Mm. And so I go back to my initial criticism of I would have liked it instead of them doing quick, flashy, stylish scenes, have back-to-back those three scenes, but let them breathe Mm. and let the actors involved have a moment instead of quick, 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 cut, 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 and expecting us just to go, oh, I get the dynamics here immediately. Yeah, I, 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 like, still, I agree with that completely because Mm. I also got the wrong information from that. I just thought that, like, oh, he wasn't at 0% disengaged and kind of, like, Mm. later on in hindsight, we learned that uh, he, when he lived in the place previously, he had, you know, buried bodies there. So you get a sense that, like, okay, he has had this motivation already. Oh, and you could gather- So he was kind of, like, waiting for, like, okay, mm, where's the thing that I really want? Not only at that point. I mean, as soon as he gets his first victim and he puts the tape down and records them, that's when you know he's already done this before. But because- we don't get but we don't get that until after the montage. Of which? Of him listening to 
No, no, what I'm saying is like what you referenced later in the movie as like when he buried bodies at the previous place he worked at. What I meant was earlier than that in the movie, we, the audience, had already understood that he's had this pattern before from wherever he's been before. Oh, yes, but what I'm saying is mm. like you can construe that like the pattern before would have still been about like bad fathers. Yeah, no, 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 100%. Of course, of course, exactly. And with each serial killing scene, that's what he does uh, he goes through them uh but no i i yeah i did enjoy this movie i enjoyed the second half of it more in which it was pressing down on him and his relationship with his mother and his wife and the police and the kids at the school coming in on his precious serial killing lifestyle and how he had to manage it but also he can't he like he's not super clever because he has that inborn need to just keep doing it to kill and he has to stop himself but it's really hard like when the kid does come to his house with the gun and how he wrestles not just shooting him in the fucking head right there um i enjoyed the back half of the movie but again there is this thing of uh, i do wish that the front played around a little bit more, played around also in uh, Before the Kills, just letting us see this guy's persona of family man, teacher man, uh, social worker man, normal guy. Because, yeah, we're just thrown into the, the serial killing stuff pretty quickly. And I just, yeah, I'm just yearning for a version of this movie in which they rolled around in the mud a bit more when it comes to his actions affecting the lives of others but it rather focuses on his actions affecting well his life and so that's where my main criticisms at and other things i have just come from low budget stuff which i'm not going to hold majorly against the movie like 95 percent of the time it looks pretty decent but there are just some Moments in which the obvious lower budget does affect the film, but not enough for me to go, it's shit. Hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of the front half deals a lot with like the at-home life, you know, the mm. new mother uh, losing sleep, a lot of montages there of like waking up, you know, going on drives, things like that, um, which, I mean, it, it's all related to like the whole theme of like family, man, family, you know, you got to protect these people, they're going through these things, mm. got to make things better for them. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice if we could divert, you know, some of that attention a bit more towards, yeah, the 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 kids, the, the relationship with them. Yeah, and even then, I would have liked some more time with him and his wife having like normal moments together because the entire movie is them having like odd moments and Moments that are putting them at a distance from one another. Just a little scene of them going on a date or something, or a little scene of them just sitting at home in the morning having breakfast and just having what appears to be... But a lot of those scenes that we do have in the movie are infiltrated by the creepiness of him and his mother. So you don't get to have that as much. But uh, outside of just negging on the movie i did love the look of the movie this is a first time feature film director i think he's done documentary stuff in the past i thought it was very well done visually i thought they played up the different styles uh you can tell that this is a person who has a deep affection for certain types of movies and they are 
replicating them and homaging them in their film as one would like to do when you make a film. Uh, I loved the kind of riding the line of tone. I thought it did it really well. Like, it's kind of funny, but I would never say that I laughed in the movie. It was just kind of like, oh, that was kind of like the gaudy nature of the practical effects or the stylish filmmaking of the snap zooms and the iris effects and uh, the shining of the knife and uh, all of that I found like kind of amusing going oh but- okay amusing in the sense of like oh this is kind of the stuff that he's inspired by it's yeah in that also- sort of weird cheesy kind of way yeah, yeah yeah like you know I don't want to pull this card that much during this but you know, Quentin Tarantino, right? Sometimes some of the funny things from his movies are the specific types of filmmaking techniques he likes to use. So, did you see Django Unchained? Mm-hmm. A laugh out loud moment from Django Unchained to me is every time he uses the snap zoom in that movie, just with the camera just snaps and zooms in on a person's face. It makes me laugh a lot in that movie. Now, inherently, is it actually that funny? No, but there is this kind of... We don't do that anymore, and we don't do it in that specific style. And so this had a lot of that in which I found it amusing that it is implementing some of these what could be considered B-grade, C-grade, or even uh, foreign techniques and just putting them in this Sean William Scott serial killer movie. And so... I guess they were just played so straight that, yeah... He was funny at points. Sean William Scott had some moments like when he was murdering them, he had his moments where he just smiles and be like, thanks for telling me, man. And he's like, (laughs) brutally stabs them. Uh, And you know me, I have that kind of dark, twisted humor in which I see that type of thing. Hence, I brought up your favorite filmmaker, Nicholas Winding Refn. Winding or Winding Refn, who I find a lot of his movies very funny and you not as much. And so, yeah, there were, but I thought it rode the, t- uh, the, the, the line really well uh, of having some humorous moments without it being intrusive upon the actual premise. That's what I said. Like, this delivers on the premise seriously, but also delivers on the B-grade campiness at points, but the two don't don't outweigh each other and don't ruin each other. I guess that's a better word. Campiness, I can agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes with campiness, there's an inherent kind of fun value yeah. there. You don't have sad campy. Oh, well, the, yeah. Well, there's definitely you know people watch horror movies because they get a rush out of it. So yeah, that's and this film definitely has, you know, like we said, pretty realistic, well, realistic, stylized violence. Yeah, practical violence. Practical um, violence, very fast. Mm-hmm, yeah. Rubber. Oh, I love that rubber. <laughs> just and real blood, like real blood effect. I just people being sprayed with actual liquid on their face instead of CGI bullshit. Yes, and mum has to wipe a bit off. Yeah. So let's dive into the big thing. The lead performance. The this baby. Is, this is why... <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Um, Mr. As, C. As good or better than American Sniper Baby. <laughs> <laughs> because there were many moments where I, he's clearly a doll. I did think of American Sniper at a few points, but I didn't pick out any specific moments. So I guess if there were, it's better than American Sniper. Yeah, it was Hear that, Clint Eastwood. Uh, Sean William Scott. 
We're both familiar with him. We've both enjoyed his work in the past. I think me more than you, from my understanding, perhaps. I've seen more of his films than you. I, I've seen Stifler. Sounds, yeah, that's true. What was that, sorry? What did you say? Yeah, you, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. No, no. Uh, no, what but, I was going to say is I've enjoyed him in everything I've seen him in. Yes, yeah. because you've seen him in Dude, Where's My Car, American Reunion... What else? Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, of course. Um, I should look this for Evolution, seen... by any chance? The I David Duchovny movie. No, I haven't seen that. He's great in the movie The Rundown. I loved him there. Uh, 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 role Models. He was very fun in that. Uh, Goon. That's another one where he's like a hockey, ice hockey. Coach. Which one's Role Models? Um, it's the. I think it's the one with Mick Lovin in it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, where they are having to look after kids and be like big brothers to them, and um, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of those ones that came out during the slew of like you know forty year old virgin. Yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott mm, and Mick Lovin's in it too. And I don't think I've seen it, but it sounds yeah. really familiar for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, some drunk reps to involve, yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, they these two dumbasses have to enroll in a big brother, big brother program. Elizabeth Banks, McLovin, Jane Lynch, yeah. Oh, Ken Jeong, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, that was a fun movie. It came out in the slew of those late two thousands. Step Brothers. It sounds like comedies. it be from then, yeah. But uh, we both enjoyed him. So what did you think? I mean, we both have a certain perception of who Sean William Scott is mm. as and what characters he plays. And this is drastically different to that. So what did you think? Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. I almost didn't recognize him because I'm, you know, so used to Chester from Dude, Where's My Car? I was like, I haven't seen his name in the, in the you know, thing that I was looking at before. This is him, right? Like, I can kind of see it here, but he's he's very different here. He's very cold, very oh, yeah. blunt. Oh, blunt. Yeah, blunt. No, also. blunt. Yeah. Um, when you get that, that one of those first shots of him, like, going into the bed, go back to sleep, honey. It was like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is a bit chilling. <laughs> he was also in uh, Cop Out. We liked him in Cop Out as well, Sean William Scott. I do believe he was the one that they chained to the back of their car and then drove around and he was like yeah. screaming in pain. Yeah, and he was, was like the weaselly like snitch guy, if I'm, yeah, there if was I'm some- remembering. Yeah, when you said he when you said cop out, I was like, oh, was was he like a criminal that they were mm-hmm. like stringing yep. along or something? Yeah, yeah. Literally stringing. I vaguely remember. I loved him that. in Mr. Woodcock, the Billy Bob Thornton movie, in which the premise is what if Billy Bob Thornton your high school gym teacher was now your father, stepfather. How'd that be? That's the movie. That's that's the pitch. He was in the Ice Age movies, apparently, as well. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the, like, rats or whatever. Crash. Yeah. Uh, not Bandicoot. But, yeah, you were saying you found him very different, almost unrecognizable. Mm. Also, yeah, he wasn't blonde in this one. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't blonde. I've seen him not be blonde before. Obviously, he's not naturally blonde, so yeah. he wasn't a shock. Uh, I was... I was really stunned because, uh, and I don't mean this as an insult. This is a this is a praising factor because the movie is using this. I've always thought that Sean William Scott characters have this underlying creepiness to them, because Stifler is a creep. Like Stifler's like a fucking rapey weirdo creep, and mm. then Dude, where's my car? His character had like weird. <laughs> misogynistic and transphobic moments but it's oh he's always skirted around being like but i'm in comedy but he always has this intensity to his performances even in silly roles he's had he has this like in dukes of hazard he has this intensity right next to johnny knoxville he has this there is this 
simmering energy just just underneath the surface this this firecracker like rage that can quickly go up and or he plays like really slimy characters or cowards and sometimes like in evolution dude with my car he plays just plays dumbasses really well but i've always noted down that there's this kind of unsettling quality to a lot of the characters he plays and the energy he brings and i said this to my wife and she agreed um i think he's that kind of guy who he's handsome but in a in an uns like in a scary way like he's too handsome there's just something about him where he's too good looking to the point in which it kind of irks you out a little and that's was it was perfect here all of these things I've noted down about him as just these little things that recur all have been pulled together and brought to full focus in this film. And I thought it was great. I thought he nailed it. And he's a big horror movie fan as an actor, but he hasn't really got to act any. It said like the last one he was in was like one of the Final Destination movies. And I already know that he was just like a douchebag in it douchebag frat bro who probably died i think it said like yeah it was a supporting character yeah who probably just died or something or was just the douchebag but he has these eyes these really intense eyes as an actor and they use them so well here and when in in which the intensity is just how coldly he stares through you and i thought he was great he carried the movie on his back this is a definite the actor is what you come to the movie for type film that is at least my kind of takeaway what about you what do you think about that i think that's also true um yeah whenever i think of moments from this film it is mostly him like the the mum also was pretty creepy in yeah. in very, she's in like a thousand things that actually in very too. different ways yeah um the 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 wife um she didn't do badly but when you go on the wikipedia page and you click on her name it diverts you to the italian wikipedia oh really yeah so i guess that kind of tells you was she italian i i guess okay yes you could and it took me a while to realize like oh she's got a pretty noticeable accent here yeah um and some of her line deliveries were you know a little bit off I just took it as English is in her first language, and I think the movie yeah, kind of I mean. played into that, where the mother and him kind of underestimated her abilities because she's just like this precious person of of like the three of them. Like she is, you know, to use this word in a different meaning, like the the foreign element. Like these are two characters that you know they who have a history, they have a history together. Routine. It's a mom and a son. We see you know flashbacks of like dark thing that they went through. Um, and they both are very focused on the idea of family mm. in a very, not abstract way, Deranged. but in an esoteric way. Like, there's mm. there's more going on in their heads when they talk about family than, you know, you, you'd typically get. Mm. The actress is from Cuba. 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 So why not on the Cuban Wikipedia? I don't know. I was confused when you said that. I was like, why Italian? I don't know. <laughs> But I think that she has a very tough role in the movie and a very unfortunate one in which her character is the, in a movie, and when I say this, fun, it doesn't mean like funny or high energy, just this, the fun of the movie is seeing these deranged freaks and how they work. She doesn't get to be, she she takes away from the fun because she's the, 
suffering housewife who's a new mother and she's struggling and 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 she's cracking on to there's this element that's unfortunate in which some of those type of characters you need to really know how to work those as an actor and a writer for instance everybody everybody loves breaking bad but everybody shits on his wife skylar because she by design is killing the fun of the show which is you want to see walter white break bad and she is naturalistically reacting the way one would where she's confused and appalled and disgusted by it you the viewer don't want that really you want to see the bad people do bad things and then maybe the cops will get them or something or other but the wife at home with the baby is a thankless role in a lot of ways i think that's the perfect phrase thankless role Like, even earlier when I was, like, saying the montage of them waking up to the baby, I was like, maybe divert some of that to the kids. (laughs) Right? But the film wants to play around with it because they have a certain avenue they want to go with her in which she takes the step in the dark direction along with them and commits to being fucked up and evil as well, which was actually a genuine surprise to me. I didn't expect that. I actually didn't see that coming. Mm. So it actually... It actually was effective in that yeah, moment, that- but it doesn't mean that the role and the character is enjoyable to watch for the majority. I don't even blame the actress. I think it's just one of those, you're the woman in the movie role. You're the wife. Because this movie is playing with types. You're the creepy mum. You're the creepy lead serial killer man. You're the the stern black cop. You're the kid who's upset you're it plays around it just does those types yeah and which one of those is the least interesting oh it's it's the white it's the woman it's the wife so i don't even have anything wrong with her performance it's just again thankless thankless role yeah it's no show and she doesn't get to be like shelly duvall in the shining in which also how many decades have people shit on shelly duvall in the shining as being like ah the wife character but now people are like no no that's like one of the most important roles in the film i was about to say because i watched that one pretty late like when we did the podcast like i didn't really get that impression that she, she got nominated for a razzie oh there was a thing wasn't mm-hmm. there? yeah for, for- for decades, people shat on that character and that performance because you're there to see Jack go crazy and really wild stuff in the hotel. But I guess that's the, ruining yeah. the heart of the movie with that. And here, I wonder if we're just blinded to that. I'm blinded to that, at least. Well, with the, with the Shining thing, like I kind of think of it like she's kind of the victim in the horror film for that one. So that feels a bit weird. Whereas in this one... She's kind of the motivation for the villain in a sense, yeah. because, you know, he's got this whole thing about, you know, family dynamics, the man in the family. Um, again, not in the most, tradi- if you haven't seen the film, not in the most traditional ways of mm. like, you know, you got to be a man and stand up to it. It's, it's more about, you know, being a, you know, loving father, don't hit your kids kind of thing, like mm-hmm. no domestic abuse, no child abuse. Um, and so we have this, yeah, dynamic between like the, things that the people that he is killing are the people who break that and also uh you know he's got his own family uh he's got the newborn child he's got the wife Mm. and he is not doing any of those things there but there is still you know something wrong with this dynamic here Mm. um and i guess maybe one of the things in my head that i was struggling with was like trying to see the connection there like me saying right now that you know there's it's not ideal 
that's kind of something that I didn't really vocalize until just 10 seconds ago when I'm kind right. of piecing it together. Yeah. Like when I was watching the film, I'm like, okay, we're getting all these scenes with the wife and the baby, but what what does it, and, I, and there's an obvious theme connection of family, but what's the true meaning here? Yeah. And I will commend the movie. It does have a lot of subtlety and quiet nuances and things it doesn't say out loud that make it so that people like us can determine our own values on the movie by talking to each other. Like, you saying that right now, in which it's sparking off, that's what I like about this, this. Because when I walked into this, I was just expecting a slash him up with Sean William Scott giving a creepy performance. But we got more than that. Like, I really love the implied history that he has as a character with his mother, in which my read of it was that the dad probably saw them having some weird sexual relationship and he was like well i'm gonna take you with me and not hurt you but then he killed his dad because he's been beaten by him before and he's ruining his relationship with his precious precious mother and then from there those two have this kind of norman batesian type weird mother son complex in which they become this killing team in which they motivate each other to do horrible things like that and have this warped perception of what is family and that's kind of where I was drawn when it came to his backstory and I think that's kind of where it wants you to go with it well what about you what did you think because you also said earlier that you could have used more from the mum character and understanding. It was more that, you know, there, there might have been more that could have been done with her. I actually quite enjoyed her performance, you know. The the young version was great too, actually. That's true, yeah. There was, it was actually almost to a point where I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's the young version of this character that we know. Like, it right. took me a second to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, this is a character I know from later. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I like the, the subtleties of that mother character because, you know, when you first meet her, she comes into the hospital and is like, oh, there's the baby. Oh, and know. she seems like kind of a bit clueless. Bit she doesn't clueless, wash her like, hands. Got to wash your hands. And then just throughout, she just like has little lines here that's like, hmm. Like, mm-hmm. early, like earlier, later in the film, when um the cop asks the wife, um, you know, has your husband been absent at night at any point? And like the mum just like somewhat casually, but somewhat forcefully says like, no, he's a loving father yeah and that kind of like put pressure on the mum. and i was like oh damn like what would, what would i say in that situation because i feel like i would have been honest but like after that right i know he's you know. he's never here and he's distant and weird one of the things i thought was brilliant about her is you in movies have to accept sometimes that these characters are related even though they look nothing alike yeah and you just have to accept that because that's reality. But she does a marvelous job with her face and specifically her death stare to replicate what Sean William Scott's face is like. Because there's that moment in the hospital where the nurse is curt with them, the very first time when she's curt with them. In Let me do see, my job thing. Yeah, when you see both the mother and Sean William Scott react in the exact same way, <laughs> with the exact same facial expressions, and... Oh, I gotta have. I I that. I honestly was like, wow, these are this is like mother and son, definitely. Even though obviously they're not in real life, but there was just this moment where I'm like, oh fuck, this is uh, just and that's acting, just silent acting, not displaying anything with exposition. You you just know. And so when there was that 
I gotta be real with you. There were some twists in this movie that actually took me off guard. I was like, wow, I didn't actually know that. I didn't see that coming. Like, who killed the nurse? I was like, oh, yeah, it's Sean William Scott, of course. Yeah, I, I, that one, that <laughs> that one was like was, a genuine surprise, but then it that makes one was, sense. Yeah, no, that one was really interesting because I was thinking earlier, like, you know, he kills the nurse and, you know, as we start to learn this character, I'm like, okay, people that wronged him. But then you get, like, the whole motivation with the father. So I kept thinking to myself, like- Why would he kill a woman? Why would he kill the nurse? Like, just because she was annoying? It, oh, is- Because she was rude to the wife. And then I was thinking, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, is it he's killing people that his wife wouldn't approve of? But no, they haven't really gone into- No. That so much. She's never really talked about abuse. And so when it was the mum, I was like- Mm-hmm. Oh, this is different. And then it cut to what Sean and Scott was actually doing. And it was uh-huh. like, oh, I, that, yeah. So even though I had a thing of like, why would he kill her? Like the actual reveal of like, because no. And really it was me. set up well because when uh, earlier he had co- come to the hospital and he's a uh, bloody plastic uh, 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 bag or whatever was hanging out the trunk of the car. The mum saw it and diverted the wife away. So from that, you know, the mum knows what he does. And then she confers with her saying, I'm so glad that you're looking after yourself and like wipes the blood, you know, wipes the blood off and all of that, confirming that she knows what he does. So then when she does it herself later and he sees that on the news and gives her a knowing look like, I know that you did that. It sets up this implied history that you have that these two are aware of who they what they do, and they are both supportive in a family-like manner about it. But what was great is it makes sense ideology, like serial killer mentality makes sense because his whole thing is he doesn't he stops people from hurting these kids. And she kills the nurse because she hurt her kids. Her son, Sean William Scott's feelings. Right. So she killed the nurse. <laughs> and also she's insulting the grandson as well. The nurse. It keeps tying back to the mother and the son. Like his mother and him have the same mentality for serial killing, which is the prevention of hurting of kids. But since her kid is a full grown man, that doesn't mean any different to her. It's still her son and her yeah. grandson. So I thought that was a... A brilliant move. That is really good. And it doesn't say it out loud. That's just me getting something from the movie. I thought that was really well done. I thought, wow. I was about to say, like, oh, I wonder what her motivation was, but I think you already answered that (laughs) because that fits, yeah. It fits. It fits. But, yeah, this is a real, will that you color it in sometimes movie. Not all of it. Like, we've colored in most of it. You have a a crayon, you have a go because it makes the movie more engaging to do that rather than just telling us well you see when he was a little boy him and his mum had sex and then blah 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 and just exposition it is the film displaying it out in chunks and letting you fill it in and i thought that was really well done uh yeah i'm trying to think what else i'd like to say anything else you'd like to touch on here with bloodline um... i loved the ending I love the end shot. <laughs> yeah, I welcome to like the welcome to the fucked up family shot. When I was watching it, I did get this sense of like somehow I think he's gonna get away with it, but I wasn't mm. sure like how that how the mum would fit into that. Like mm. Mm, the the mum's kind of causing problems for him, but he loves 
her. Maybe his mum will kill her. That was yeah. always on the table. It was like, well, how can he fix this situation without damaging the family? Like, what's mm. what's going to happen? And the fact that the mum, yeah, takes a turn to committing a crime as well. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it works on the cop. Yeah, oh, but he knows. Like, you can tell he knows, <laughs> but he can't do shit. He knows he can't do shit. Especially when he's about to leave and... Uh, um. Uh, Sean William Scott's mum. <laughs> Thank you for. Thank you, officer, for coming by. Blah blah blah. Like he knows. Like <laughs> that's such that's such bullshit. Again, brilliant performances, great character dynamics. I just could have used with a a little bit more at the beginning, so that the second half felt a little earned a bit more. Because I love the second half. I'm like, oh man, this works, but could have worked a bit better with a bit of a better first half and uh yeah you know there were just some stylistic choices that i went eh, that could have been done better maybe just budget and first time filmmaking uh like i found it a bit weird that they telegraphed so early in the shot that the wife was just going to shoot that kid in the head like just very too too obvious with her like lifting up the shirt it just kind of lingered a little too long so the the the, the surprise of it was kind of let out more than I think that I I would have preferred. uh, For me, it didn't bother me as much because I wasn't fully seeing where the scene was going. Mm. Like, part of me was like, oh, is she returning the gun or something? Uh, Because the gun belonged to him. It's like, oh, no, 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 wow. (laughs) I knew as soon as they introduced the gun, somebody's going to get shot. Well, the the fact that... (laughs) The, the way that was set up too, because like you know, Sean Williams got takes the gun and then as he's leaving to take him out, he like puts it deliberately on like you know, uh-huh. leaves it at home. I'm like, oh okay, uh huh. But uh, yeah, uh, I would watch it again. Oh for sure, yeah. I think this would be an interesting group night type I was, movie. I was thinking the same thing. I, I because think- it's not too scary. Like, it's not too gruesome hmm. in which it could turn everybody off. It also has that stunt casting factor factor of, oh, this actor that I know being goofy guy, being serious guy. It has an, slight moments of those camp horror elements that can thrill and chill people. And I think it just has a pretty interesting little story about a social worker who decides to uh, kill the people who's wronging his clients or... And I think that's an actually a really fun pitch for a horror, like a serial killer story, don't you? I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, it is. Um, and just the thrills that you get of seeing a guy trying to get away with something. I love those. I love those. To to kind of finish off my my train of thoughts with uh, with this, and I'll pass it over to you, and if you have any closing thoughts or if you do recommend, but I just want to say filmmaking technique that i just am a sucker for it's 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 not breaking the mold but i'm a real sucker for these things brings a smile to my face every time now the close-ups close-ups no um (laughs) close-ups on babies being born Uh, (laughs) no it's i love in movies where there's a scene happening in this one it is the policeman is sniffing out the possibility of Sean William Scott being the killer and the mum just looks over and the camera pans over to a sharp object in the room that she's deliberately, like, thinking, could I kill him with that? 
in the drawer. <laughs> oh no, that was another one. There was the knife, but there was also like they have this weird kind of big, tall, like silvery statue thing on their countertop. That like, oh yeah, I noticed that very early in the film. Yeah, I, and then when she was looking at it, I'm like, oh, was this a setup? Yeah, she's contemplating. A, a, I'm a sucker for those. Every time there's a little part of me that chuckles on the inside when i see those shots because i'm just like i love when films just want to visually tell me that this character is contemplating killing another and it's better than just say the character's holding a knife behind their back and waiting to stab i just love when you see the camera do a pov and look over to some random object in the room and you know the character's thinking i could do it with that object that'd be that'd be <laughs> and i just go are they going to do it i hope not and then they don't and it was I'm, that's it. That's all I've got for you. I recommend it. It's a it's a very uh, underseen movie. No one really talks about this. Yeah, I have to also recommend it. I just one thought that keeps sticking in my head is not in the sense of like, oh, this will fix the film, but I kind of wish it was longer just so I could watch it a bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with you. That you know, maybe another five minutes wouldn't go astray. Oh, know? I'd even go for six. Mm-hmm. i would even go for six ryan uh so recommendation for next episode is the listening people and i think it's time to revisit a trilogy of movies that we have only seen one of the third one of precisely so we're seeing the second one now (laughs) working your way backwards next friday that's the film not next friday we'll give you an episode hey guys we are watching it second yeah, we're watching the second one second. Are you happy now? Are you happy now? If you want to know why this is the case, tune in next week. But Ryan, doesn't this one have a different co-star? I don't know. Oh. Well- I've never <laughs> seen it. How would I know? I've, uh, see- I-, I thought that was a thing in our... What's the one Friday Oh, isn't it Chris Tucker? Yeah, is wasn't in there... Them? In the one that we did do it an episode... It was Mike Epps. Yeah, wasn't there a whole thing of like, ah... Oh, yeah, it was all right, but they changed the co-star to this guy. Yeah. The uh, other guy was so iconic. True. For us, it's the opposite. It's like, oh, they changed the co-star. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. Well, we'll talk about it all next episode, so tune in for that. In the meantime, you can hit us up, as I said, on the social medias, Facebook and Twitter, under Spit and Polish Presents. You can suggest movies to us under those, or our email at spitandpolished at gmail.com. Uh, please feel free to rate and review us on whatever podcast hosting site allows you to do so. It would be greatly appreciated. Bartek, it was good talking to you. I was worried when you did the flip it back on me that you were going to do the I actually didn't really like this movie. <laughs> and I was going to be surprised. Like, I was, no, I was, I was, honestly, I wasn't going to be that surprised because I was like, this has some elements of movies we've done on the pod that Bartek doesn't care for as much. Like, I saw it and said, oh, it's visually dark. Bartek's going to have a real hard time with this one. <laughs> it was, it was brave of them to hire a black actor though, for a film this dark. Okay. Okay. Bartek's just going to just leave that there. That comment. It's hard to see short names, Scott. <laughs> he did have dark facial hair, so it did make him hard to see. <laughs>